I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to episode number four of Sales Team Rescue. Today is going to be a bit of a different episode because I wanted to switch things up. Um, I've had a lot of questions about core sales components and we've had some amazing guests, uh, guys. And if you this is the first episode you're watching or listening to, um, please go back. Our first three episodes were phenomenal with amazing guests. But today I want to do something um, even more, I don't want to say more special because our guests are awesome, but something different today. Uh, something where I want to share a presentation with you, a really quick one that has to do with, uh, well, it's, it's going to make you more money if you're doing sales um, if you're running a sales team, if you're a salesperson, if you're a sales professional, if you're a realtor, a network marketer, uh, insurance rep, any kind of finance, any any person that is in charge of their own sales results, today's episode is going to help you. So stick with me. We are live. My name is Jeremy DeMerchant, your host of Sales Team Rescue, and I want to dive into this presentation today. Now, put your comments below. I want to hear your questions, your thoughts. I want today to be interactive. And we're going to dive right in, guys. So the topic today is three steps to avoid getting ghosted by your prospects. So how many here have ever been on the phone or been face-to-face with somebody who said, yeah, I really, really love what you're talking about. This absolutely solves my problem, but... I need to think about it or I need to talk to my spouse or can you send me some information? Well, these are the death of the sales process. Now, not every time, but for the most part, this is where uh, sales start to drift off when you lose contact. And there's a very valid reason for that. And it has to do with momentum. So I want to talk about how you can create the momentum and the forward driving energy in your prospect when you're talking about sales and how you can keep it going to not only avoid getting ghosted, but increase your sales, shorten your sales cycle, and just have a greater impact in the world because of the superpower you have that is sales. So let's dive in here. We're going to put a presentation on the screen. There we go. Okay, perfect. All right, guys, so three steps to avoid getting ghosted by your prospects. So I'll keep an eye out for comments, for questions, um, but I'm going to keep this tight because I want to make sure that you walk away with something that you can use in your business, no matter what business you're in. If if it's sales in any way, shape, or form, whether it's formal or informal, this is going to help you out. So This is a horrible thing to do when you want something that's going to be video, but also have an audio podcast is to do something visual. But I want to do this because it's going to help bring things home. So I want you to picture a graph or see the graph on your screen here. Um, The left axis, the the y-axis here is momentum. Okay. And this is what we want to increase. Momentum is how I describe your prospect's energy when it comes to sales. And 
your x-axis going across is time because the, the quicker we can make the sales process or the shorter we can make the sales process, the more sales we can make. Does that make sense? And so what I'm about to share with you is a process I use. I'm with a client. Uh, he uh, invited me in to help run his sales team. And we were able to take a sales process or sales cycle from six weeks down to six business days. Now think of the impact that can make. That can be huge. And specifically because that gives you much more opportunity to make more sales with the same amount of staff or same amount of time if you're a solo sales rep. So let's jump into this and, and take a look. And I want you to see the difference that this can make. And, and this is going to sound really, really simple, but I don't want you to um, think of it as being too simple to give it your full attention because it will make a difference. So first thing, the number one is stop sending information. Now, People always want to have information when they're nervous, when they don't uh, clearly see the result that you're going to give them. Okay, so this is huge. When someone says send me information, most of the time, they want to get off the phone. Um, now, there's, there's time when they do want to see things in writing, and that's fine. But I want to talk about ways that you can shift away from this. Um, one of the big things is... When you're you're speaking to somebody, they say, you know, can you send me some information? I can say, yeah, I absolutely can. Um, but while I've got you here on the phone or face-to-face, whatever the case is, I'd love to answer some of your questions directly. You know, what questions uh, do you have that we haven't been able to cover? Or is there a specific question that you have um, that you're looking to have answered in the information that we haven't been able to cover? Okay, ask for that. So don't tell them, no, you're not going to send it to them, but don't send it, okay? Have a conversation first, dig in and one of the big challenges that I find people face is that when they send out information, it just goes out into the ether and never comes back. Right. So I want to show you how you can remedy this. Um, there are times when you can still send the information, obviously, but from a sales process, you want to be very, very strategic. So when we talk about this, this is the, uh, I want you to picture your, your prospect's energy. And let's say that when you get them on a call or you get them face to face, you know, maybe they don't know you. Maybe you call it a nowhere and you're like, hey, Mr. Smith, how are you? And Mr. Smith's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm good. Who's this? And let's just say that their energy at, at the call is level one. So for those of you just listening, um, picture, picture this graph with a, a levels from one to five um, on the left axis, okay? Let's just say they start at level one. And what you want to do is start to help them increase their energy. Because what happens is somebody associates how they feel when they're with you as part of the experience of being with you. Does that make sense? So for example, if I'm if I'm with my girlfriend and you know, it's, it's always a negative uh, feeling. Maybe she's exhausted. And, um, you know, if, if I kept feeling like I brought down, I was bringing, being, uh, having my energy brought down, then for me, I would start associating that with her and I wouldn't want to spend time with her. Now, luckily that's not the case. Um, but on the flip side, if you're around someone and every time you're around them, you start to feel like you're in a better mood. You want to spend more time around them, right? You associate that positive energy with that person. 
So as we go through here, what happens is you're in a sales conversation and you want to keep their energy going up and up and up. And there's lots of things that we can talk about in this process. Um, but one of the key things is focusing on how your tone and pace uh, relates to, to your prospect. So for example, if they come in at, let's say this level one, uh, Hey Jeremy, yeah, it's, it's nice to hear from you. And you come in and say, you know what, Mr. Smith, I'm super excited to talk to you. It's too far. The gap's too big. And it's going to start uh, to, to separate the two of you, right? They get, you have to feel like you're connected. So if Mr. Smith says, yeah, Jeremy, it's, it's nice to hear from you. And I say, Mr. Smith, you know, I'm glad we can connect today. And I want to come in just a little bit above. Okay? And I don't want to get too, in, too far into the logistics here, but I want you to think about this. Because what happens is Mr. Smith's energy, let me change my screen here really quick. Mr. Smith's energy is going to come up and, and meet you, right? So if you're coming in just above where he's at, his energy can increase. His tone, his pace can increase to represent a higher level of excitement. And so what happens is by the end of the sales conversation, you've got somebody at the peak level of what I call momentum or this forward moving energy to making the purchase, Okay, and I think this is huge because the next piece that we get to here is it's like it's capped here. This is the absolute best time for them to say yes, for them to buy, for you to make an offer because it's peak energy. But as soon as you go and say, yes, I'm going to send you an information, okay, this is that point, their energy starts to drop. As soon as you get off that phone or leave the meeting or whatever it is, their energy starts to drop because they walk away and say, hmm, now Jeremy was going to send me some information, but I haven't got it yet. Hmm, maybe maybe he's not as committed to help me out as I thought. Or Mr. Smith's going to go talk to his cousin and, and his cousin's going to say, oh, I've heard about this Jeremy guy and you know he, he's good and all, but I don't know if it's for you. And it's going to create this doubt. And so the energy starts to drop. And so the enthusiasm can continue to drop lower and lower and lower in some cases to the point that it's lower than when you first called. And what happens is when that energy is that low, all the person has to do to not confront your follow-up is just not answer the phone. Right? We make it too easy. We don't have them engaged. We've sent them the information and they don't need anything else from us because they feel like they have everything. So that's what we don't want to change. So one, stop sending information, okay? Talk about some way that you can have this conversation move forward without just sending it off into the ether. So if you want to book a follow-up, do that. Book a follow-up, say, you know what, Mr. Smith, that's a really great question. I'm happy to send you all the information, but I want to make sure that we have all your questions answered first. And what we can do is go over the information formally in a, in a next meeting. Okay, so don't send it off into the ether. Have some control over what happens. So number one, stop sending information as much as you possibly can. And if you must, have some control around how it's sent and when you go over it. Step two is book the next call now. Now, this is very, very important because often we hear, hey, follow up with me next week. In fact, there's a couple people today and I said, hey, give me a nudge next week to follow up with something. Um, now, some people came back and said, yeah, let's sit down let's sit down and book a time, which is great. But that's what we want to do. We want to book the next call now so it's on the calendar. There's no more phone tag. There's no reason for people to ignore you. 
And when you have this kind of commitment, especially if you're in face-to-face or you're on a video call or even over the phone, you can say, hey, Mr. Smith, great. What's your email address? I'm going to send you the invite right now so we have it on the calendar. One, it gets you their email address if you don't have it. But two, it shows Mr. Smith that you know that the appointment is set and you can wait for him to accept it. Okay, just say, you know what, let me know when that comes in. So there's an additional level of accountability. He's already said, yes, I'm there. Let's do this. So it's really, really tough for him to not show up. Okay, so that's step one. Well, technically the, the second piece to, to avoid getting ghosted. But set that time on the calendar. If you're in a face-to-face, pull out your phone, open your calendar, book it. If you don't book it, there's a good chance it won't happen. And so what, and so if you don't book it right away and you say, yes, call me next week. I hate to say this, but next week, next week is a horrible, horrible place for everything that you want. As far as sales go next week, I'm going to be honest with you. Next week is where sales go to die. Okay. Next week is where sales go to die. Don't let there be next week. If you're speaking to somebody on a Friday, you can book the call for Monday, but don't say, yeah, I'm going to call you next week. Say, you know what? I've got a spot available Monday at two. Okay. This is going to lock it in much sooner. If you just kind of shoot the dart out there, say, "Uh, yeah, let's see if we can make contact again next week. Telling you, not going to happen. Okay. Very, very important. Next week is where sales go to die. For those of you watching the presentation here, I've got a little sad face on my graph in over next week. Okay. This is why you're losing sales. Whether you're again in real estate in financial, the financial business in network marketing, in um, any kind of sales process, B2B, uh, enterprise sales, software sales, whatever it is. This is why you're losing most of your prospects. They're ghosting you because you're saying, let's follow up next week. And those sales go to die. So that was number two, book your next call. Now don't send anything into next week, unless you never want to talk to that person again. And so to go even further, we want to move to have this follow-up, not only not happen, you know, some random time next week, we want to book on the calendar, but the sooner you can make it the better. In fact, I would encourage you to book that follow-up within 48 hours. Because what happens is that the sooner you can make this follow-up call, the less time Mr. Smith has to go and ask his cousin and his sister and his friend all about this stuff. Because what happens is people are going to jump in and everyone's got their opinion, right? And, And that's fine. But what happens is people get pulled in different directions based on other people's priorities. And no one was involved in the conversation that you and Mr. Smith had. And so everybody's going to have their opinion and they're going to share it with Mr. Smith. So if you say, you know what, Mr. Smith, let's follow up next Thursday. Okay, let's just say I'm, I'm over a week out. Well, Mr. Smith has forever to go ask people's opinions on things. And people that are not qualified to give their opinion on this particular topic are still going to chime in and potentially deter him or raise questions that he hadn't thought of before. So this is really, really vital because... This is the part 
that most people struggle with. This is the piece where we we lose that connection. We can have that first call and have as much like, know, and trust, as Bob Berg would say, as possible. But if people that are closer to them in their circles are throwing all this doubt at them, it's still going to keep that energy going. Paul, thanks for chiming in. Yes, strike while the iron's hot. Exactly. Right? This is vital. And so if you can make this follow-up happen within 48 hours, it's a whole lot less time for them to get sidetracked. And in fact, if we go a step further, okay, like what happens? And actually, let, let me let me reference the the number of energy. So at the end of the, at the top of the sales call, the very peak when when their energy is at the highest, let's call that a level five. So as soon as they start to drift off, they get off the phone. They're talking to their cousin, their uncle, their whoever that's going to give them their opinion on what you've talked about their energy drops. And so in the example that I have here, let's just say in 48 hours, the energy only drops to a level four. Okay. So that's not so bad because what happens is when you get on the next call, you need to bring their energy back up. You just go back to my, there we go. And so your process has to do with recapping the most important things that you talked about, the reasons why they wanted to jump in to, to purchasing your product or service or whatever it is you're selling. There is some kind of why behind it, a purpose, a problem you were solving. And you need to remind them of that. Mr. Smith, you know what? I'm really looking forward to helping you replace that mower. Or Mr. Smith, I'm really looking forward to um, helping you install that software on your computer uh, that's going to help you organize your accounting better or whatever it is for you. And so the process we go through to bring somebody back up from a level four to that level five, that peak where that buying decision needs to be made is all about that why. And so it's a much shorter climb to get them up to a level five if you're starting your next follow-up call at this level four. Does that make sense? If, you're, if you don't do this follow-up call right away and you're drifting into next week, their energy level is going to be below a level one. And it's like you're doing your job, not only over again, you're making it harder for yourself because you're starting even further behind the eight ball than that initial call. Now, if you can go a step further, instead of saying, let's make the follow-up call within 48 hours, what if you made it within 24 hours? Now, I know that might sound crazy to some of you. You're like, oh no, Jeremy, you're nuts. People want to think about this stuff, right? They need to they need to go and check with their spouse. They, um, they need to go and research, right? And that's fine. They can do that. But they can also do that in the next 24 hours. So if you give them that permission, you, they can go do all the research they want. They can ask everybody they want. It's fine. But you don't want that energy to drop any lower than it has to. Because your product or your service is going to make a difference to this person. Okay, whether it's going to change their life, going to change their business, maybe just make something easier. Maybe what you have is just a better mousetrap. Well, this guy has mice. He'll take a better mousetrap, right? So if you have a difference to be made with your product, you need to do everything in your power to get your product or service in front of someone and help them make the decision that's going to positively influence their life. Okay, don't jam it down somebody's throat. That's a whole other conversation that... And that's not my approach at all, but you have the power of influence. 
you have a power that can change the world, right? And I say, being able to sell is like having a superpower, right? With great power comes great responsibility. So I want to keep that in mind. Keep it above board. Like this is 2019 and relationship-based sales are the lifeblood of most businesses out there. If you're looking for a transaction, I'm not your guy. Don't come talk to me about helping you through a transactional type sale. I want to help you improve a relationship-based sales. I want you to have somebody come back and buy over and over and over again. Maybe it's month after month. Maybe it's year after year. Maybe it's they go through one program and then there's a next level of support you can give them. Great. I want to help you with all of that. But if you're someone that just wants to sell one product one time and never have that client come back, I'm not the right fit. Okay. So I want to make that clear because what we're talking about here is how do you build the relationship in a way that can increase sales? So we're still going to try to tighten things up. We still want to shorten the follow-up. So we're going from 48 hours down to 24 hours. I want to say, Mr. Smith, look, you've got some questions and and I appreciate that. Now, are you going to be able to to get those questions answered this evening? Because I have a spot open tomorrow at 11 a.m. Let's make that work. He's going to go, Jeremy, I don't know. And I'm like, look, we talked about how you want to do A, B, and C, whatever these results are that this product or service is going to give, right? Yes. Okay. So let's keep it up. If you still have questions, that's fine. I just want to make sure that we give you the best solution to solve your problem right now. And we don't make you suffer from being in a state where this problem stays in existence, where the problem drags on. Let's get you to a solution fast. If it's not what I'm offering, that's fine. But let's not just ignore it or neglect it. Let's jump back on the phone tomorrow, answer any questions that come up, and we'll go from there. How does that sound? Okay. And that's going to shorten it even more. And so if we go back to the conversation around the graph, what changes is when you're starting this follow-up conversation, you're no longer down to a level four. In fact, you're maybe down to about a four and a half. Okay. So you still dropped a little bit, right? It's inevitable. As soon as you're off the phone, questions are going to come to their mind um, and they're not going to know what to do with it. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you still, you've got this tiny little space to go from, let's say, a 4.5 up to a 5 to get them back into buying mode. And this is really, really key because you don't want someone making a decision when they're low energy, full of doubt. They're not excited about the product. You need to be emotionally engaged and they need to be emotionally engaged in what's going on. Okay, If you're just selling a widget, that's fine too, but they still need to be engaged in some kind of outcome, right? So if you've got a shorter window, let's say you're at 24 hours and you've only got a tiny distance to go to get somebody back up to that level five of momentum, then your sale is that much easier. You have to do almost nothing. So that's why you want to book the call right away and book it within 48 hours and ideally within 24 hours. Now, number three, this is the secret that changes it all. Okay, this is get them to write down their questions. Now, this is going to sound a little oversimplified, and I get it, but I want you to think about it for a second. Um, actually, there's two things that I'm going to say. One, when you're going through your sales process, we're, we're trained to ask, do you have any questions? I want you to stop. Okay, don't ask that question anymore. Don't say that anymore. I want you to ask them what questions do you have? It's an open-ended question. It's going to allow them to just, uh, they, they can't just say no and get out of it, right? They actually need to respond with some kind of um, some kind of sentence. 
No is not going to solve, not going to answer the question of what questions do you have? Okay. So that's kind of a side note, but I wanted to throw that in as a little gem. Um, but with writing down the questions, this is what happens. As soon as somebody gets off the phone with you, okay, they hang up the phone. I don't know why we still do that because we don't have phones that hang up like that. Uh, but as soon as you're off the phone, questions start popping into somebody's mind. And this is when the doubt comes in. They start to ask everybody's opinion. So I challenge you to switch things up just a little and say, Mr. Smith, I'm really looking forward to our call tomorrow at 11. And this is what's going to happen next. We're going to get off the phone and suddenly a bunch of questions are going to hit you. That's okay. I want you to write down your questions on a piece of paper and put them next to your phone or in your pocket or bring out an app on your phone and put them there. And then a little while later, you're probably going to talk to somebody about it. And that's fine. I want you to make sure you have all the information you need. But that other person's going to have questions that we didn't cover. And instead of you feeling like you've got to, you know, defend what you're doing on my behalf or whatever, I want you to write those questions down too. It's okay. Because tomorrow we're going to jump on the call and we're going to pull out that list and we're going to go through every single question that you have that anyone else has mentioned to you. Because my goal is to make sure that you have every single piece of information that you need to make the right decision for you and your business or you and your life or you and your family or whatever the context is. Tell them to take out that piece of paper because what happens is instead of somebody or Mr. Smith saying, Oh no, I've got all this doubt. I've got all this concern and the energy starting to drop with all this doubt. He says, you know what? I've got this question. Jeremy told me to write it down and the energy is still going to drop a little bit, but not nearly as much because he feels confident that he can get it answered. He's not doubting the fact that we had the interaction anymore. He's not doubting the sale. He just has a question, right? We suddenly gave him permission to have a question. It's okay to have a question. It's okay to have doubts because there's stuff we didn't cover. And so what happens is that line, that energy line drops a whole lot less. And so at the 48 hour mark, instead of being at, let's say a level four of momentum, Maybe Mr. Smith is is at a level four and a half or a level 4.75. And if you make that follow up within 24 hours, he's barely dropped any energy. He's barely lost any momentum because he doesn't feel like he's in conflict with anything else. What's happening is exactly what you told him would happen. And so that's how he's going to move forward. He's going to write down those questions. So, Guys, this is the three steps to, to avoid getting ghosted by your prospects. One, stop sending information, okay? When you send it out into the ether, that's where it stays. It never comes back to you. It's never a closed sale. I won't say never, but most of the time, okay? There's exceptions, but let's make the exceptions just that, the exceptions and not the rule, okay? Keep control of the flow. Stay control of the follow-up. You hear it all the time that fortune is in the follow-up, right? So... Take the follow-up, own it, be in full control. And that's going to shorten your sales cycle. Like I said, this helped me with a client where we took his sales cycle from six weeks to six days. That's huge. Okay. So one, stop sending information. Two, book your next call now. Don't say you're going to call them next week. Remember, next week is where sales go to die. Don't go kill your sales. 
Okay. And in fact, if you can follow up within 48 hours or even especially 24 hours, you save yourself a lot of headache. And finally, number three is write down their questions or get them to write down their questions. Okay. Take out that piece of paper, Mr. Smith, or pull out the app on your phone and write down every single question that you come up with, because I want to make sure you have all the information you need to make the right decision for you and your family or you and your business or you and your life. Okay, guys. So that's what I wanted to share. Um, Thank you again for for jumping on and joining me. This is episode number four of Sales Team Rescue. And I'm going to do something a little differently again. I want to tell you about a little gift that I have. Let me put that on the screen, guys. If you want to improve your sales conversations, this is the best tool that I have ever seen. Um, I, I mean, I've created this one. Uh, but it, this came from 20 plus years in sales, uh, almost 15 years in in managing sales teams. Um, this is the five C's of successful sales conversations. If you want to download it, um, feel free. The link, let me find you that link. There we go. All right. So that link is permissiontosell.com forward slash five. That's number five. C-S. So the letter C as in Charlie letter S as in Sam. Okay. So permission to sell.com forward slash five C S. This is the five C's of successful sales conversations, guys. These are the five steps that you want to go through in every sales conversation to build relationships fast, to help people trust you. Okay. Some of what we touched on today is included in this, but there's a lot more in there. It's going to help you build that trust, build that relationship and put yourself in a position where you can make an offer that is twice as large as the one you might be doing now. So this, this structure, um, I've had clients who have printed this off. Uh, it's a, technically a three-page PDF. Um, they print it off next to their phone or their computer, and they close five-figure sales with it. So take this to your, use this to your advantage. It is free, permissiontosell.com forward slash 5CS. Guys, it was a pleasure. Thank you again for joining me on Sales Team Rescue. I'm Jeremy DeMerchant, your host. I want to remind you to get uncomfortable, get results. We'll see you next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sales Team Rescue. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.